When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21 yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight year NFL vet and All American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who ripped him down inside the 25 yard line. <laughs> On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Victory Monday edition of Adam Carricker on The Ticket here on 93.7 The Ticket. we got a lot to talk about, to chat about. Today we're going to look back, Louisiana Tech. We're going to do some grades. Dissect, dissect some stats. Then we're going to look ahead to Michigan. Good old Michigan Wolverines going to roll into Lincoln this Saturday. I'm sure it's going to be a fun atmosphere, a fun game to be at. And we're going to look ahead to Michigan, what they've done well. What they, you know, they're Michigan. And they're number two in the country. And they were preseason number two. And they haven't budged, just like Georgia. And it's going to be hard to budge them when they're coming off back-to-back Big Ten championships. And beating up on Ohio State two years in a row and making the CFP a couple years in a row. Both those teams. Honestly, Georgia has not been overly impressive so far this year, but when you win back-to-back national titles, it's going to take a lot to bump you off. Michigan hasn't been overly impressive. Now, if you've watched their games, and I've used this term several times this year on the Big Ten show when I'm talking about Michigan, they play bully ball. All right, They're just going to hit you in the mouth over and over. They're going to play great defense. They're going to be sound. They're not going to beat themselves. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. J.J. McCarthy doesn't have eye-popping stats. You know, he's, he's averaging just barely over 20 passes a game. They're going to run the ball. He's going to do his thing. He'll make plays with his feet when necessary. And they're a very, very good football team. You know, whether they're the second-best team in the country, nobody knows. There's legit 10 really good teams in the country right now. I mean, you've got teams like Penn State and Baylor and Florida State, obviously Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, Georgia, several of these Pac-12 teams. All right, Washington looks really good. Oregon looks really good. By the way, if any, if anybody was, I was surprised, but not shocked or flabbergasted by what happened to Colorado. When I put out on social media, hey, Colorado's a 21-point underdog. What are your thoughts? I put it out because I was surprised. I was like, well, I didn't think they'd be 21-point underdogs. But what was it, 42-7 to 7 or something like that? Like, Colorado has athletes. A great quarterback, holes in the trenches, holes in the run game, and holes on defense. Prime has done a great job his first year there already. 
Okay. And they got a brutal schedule going down the slate in that Pac-12 conference. But I kind of went off on a random sidebar here. But my point is Oregon's a very good football team. I was surprised but not shocked by what I saw Saturday. There's so many good teams this year. I don't think, you know, you look at 2019 LSU. They were really good, really good, all-time good. Twenty Was it 2020 Alabama the next year? I believe that they are in the conversation as an all-time great team. You know, there's some people who want to point to Georgia last year. I don't, I don't know about that. But, you know, the TCU game, I think, kind of skewed it when they just trounced an, an overmatched TCU team. Okay, I would have been much more excited to see how it would have gone had they played Michigan in that national title game. But obviously, Michigan didn't win the game. The best team doesn't always win. But this year's a little different. There's nobody who's just standing out like, oh, Florida State's another really good team. But that's just like, oh, this dominant team. Or they're clearly got way more talent or head and shoulders above everybody. No, there's about 10 really good teams right now. And it's interesting. It's more entertaining to me, honestly. Uh, Penn State, I think I mentioned them earlier. You know, I said before the season, I thought they were better than Ohio State. Right now, they look more impressive than Michigan. But at the same time, if you're Michigan, okay, you haven't really played anybody exciting. You know, so it's hard to be overly impressive unless you're just winning 60-3 to or something like that. But their strength of schedule isn't phenomenal so far. They haven't had to be impressive, and they haven't been overly exciting. But we all know they're one of the top five teams in the country. Maybe they are the second-best team in the country. Maybe they're the best team in the country. Don't know. We know they're a really good football team. But we're going to look ahead to Michigan a little bit as well. But first, all right, I want to just remember, all right, GE Landscape and Supply, okay, they have pavers, builders, great assets for any backyard landscaping project. They sell to homeowners and contractors, and they deliver anywhere near far. Stop by at 6701 Corner Square Highway. Check out gelandscapesupply.com or call 402-467-1627. Okay, a lot of times people drive right by and they don't even realize they're going right by GE Landscape and Supply. So stop in and, and check them out. They do a phenomenally, phenomenal job, okay? Um, also, check out everything they're doing here on the ticket, doing a great job here on the ticket. Also, check out characterchronicles.com when you get the opportunity. I like to say all your football hopes and dreams will come true when you do so, but Let's talk about Nebraska, La Tech just a little bit. Let's look back before we look ahead. I want to do some grades. You know, I haven't done these every week. I don't do it every single week, but I'm going to do it this week. And I'm going to do some specific things. And a couple of things revolving the offensive line. We're going to do a run game grade. We're going to do a passing grade. Okay, an overall offensive line grade, an overall offensive grade. Then we'll do defense and special teams as well. You look at the run game. Our the offensive line, there's holes. And as the game goes along, the holes get bigger. It's kind of what you it's what you were used to if you grew up with old school Nebraska football. I think it's what some Nebraska fans, including myself, admittedly yearn for a little bit more of. We're getting back to it. We've got an identity that we're going to run the ball. And we're going to keep running. We're going to keep pounding. And we're going to do it for four, four quarters. And can you can you stop a two, three-yard run in the first half from being a seven, eight, nine to seventy-two yard option run with our quarterback in the second half? That's the question, and that's that's who we are, and that's what we do. It's not overly entertaining at times, but it is methodical, it is physical, and it is our identity, and it is consistent, I might add, as well. So you look at the run game. I, I'm going to give the offensive line, you know, it's, it's hard when it's your third straight game with more than 200 yards rushing. That's pretty good. 
Okay. And admittedly, you know, in those games are La Tech, Northern Illinois, and, and Colorado, who isn't the stoutest defense on planet Earth. Okay. But we were also able to move the ball in the second half versus a very good Minnesota team. I know the turnovers, yada, yada. Okay. But just as far as being able to run the ball, rush the ball, do it consistently, get stronger as the game goes along, we have consistently been able to move the ball throughout the season and be stronger in the second half. And that starts up front. The offensive line is getting better. You can see them getting better every week in the run blocking game. Okay. We'll get to the pass blocking here in a second. But I would give them a B plus. I wouldn't give them an A because this isn't a great Louisiana Tech defense. They were given up five yards a carry defensively. I actually was hoping that we'd have bigger holes earlier in the game. Okay. More consistent holes throughout the entirety of the game. But I did feel the offensive line perform pretty well. You can see that they're getting better and they get stronger as the game goes along. Okay. So I gave them a B plus, but that's why it was not an A is in the run game. You look at the pass game. Oh man. <laughs> we don't even, we don't even pass that much. Okay. We've actually had more passing attempts with Heinrich Harburg than we did under Jeff Sims. Harburg has more uh, carries rushing with the ball than Sims did. He has more pass attempts than Sims did. All right, Sims played the first two games, obviously got banged up, didn't finish the second game, but Harburg has started two games as well. And so maybe that's a sign that they trust Harburg a little bit more. Maybe that's more based on the opponents. I don't know exactly for sure, okay? But when it comes to the pass game, we got to protect our quarterback better. It's just that simple. If you watch Louisiana Tech on Saturday, they were blitzing, and they were blitzing a lot, and they were gambling, and they were willing to take that risk and say that we're going to get to your quarterback. And there's different styles of blitzes. There's blitzes that are more run blitzes, okay? And there's blitzes that are more pass-type blitzes. And basically, the biggest difference is, from a defensive perspective, a pass blitz, if you don't get there, there's going to be there might be more holes open for the quarterback to take off and run, okay? Because it's a little bit more of a risk, a gamble. Whereas in a run blitz, you're trying to take up all the gaps, and you're trying to take everything away. It's more of a run-style blitz where there's, the pass blitz, you know, there's going to be more holes, so to speak, if you don't get home at the quarterback. That's kind of the difference between the two and the defensive philosophy when you hear run blitz versus pass blitz. We got to get better protecting the quarterback. We got to get better on the left side. I'm, I'm, I know Prohaska can play because I know he was in a tight end, you know, a couple, couple, a week ago versus Northern Illinois. So I'm curious, you know, Corcoran's just start struggling at left tackle. He just has been. And so I'm curious as, you know, is there a rotation? Do some other guys start to get some more looks there? How does this work? Because as the season goes along, you got to get more and better pass protection out of your offensive line, particularly on that left side. And in fact, the, the touchdown pass to Fedoni later on in the game, Louisiana Tech brought a blitz and we picked it up. And then they hit Fedoni for what looked like an easy touchdown because when the defense is blitzing everybody, they don't have as many people back. It's just simple math. You don't have as many people in coverage. You catch the ball, it's much easier to make a big play, okay? You're going to get a lot more one-on-ones. I like that with Thomas Fedoni, a big athletic individual who can make plays, starting to come into his own. Obviously, there's a connection there with him and Heinrich Harburg, his former roommate. So long-winded way of saying pass protection, got to get better. I think La Tech had three sacks. The Black Shirts actually had zero on Saturday, which surprised me especially as much as Louisiana Tech likes to pass and as much pressure as we've been able to get. I think they're trying to get better. At the black shirts are getting to the quarterback without having to blitz as much. Okay, and when we're not blitzing, we're not getting there as much. 
So that's something the rule pointed out in its presser a week ago. And it's something they have to con- continue to get better at on the defensive side of the ball. Anyways, pass game. All right. I, I gave him a D as far as pass protection up front on the offensive line. Now, the offensive line is an overall whole. It was tough. You know, I went, I went with a B minus just because as the game went along, they played better. And that's always a great sign. So I gave him a B minus the offensive line as a whole. You look at the defense before the um, the weather delay. Um, <laughs> that was so weird for me. I, I did not go to this game. I watched it on TV. It looked like everything was rolling just fine. And then, bam, here's a delay. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of out of nowhere. Okay, not a la Akron, you know, four or five years ago. I think 2017, I think that was. I could be wrong on that exact year. But uh, that was an obvious weather delay that night. But the defense played pretty well. You'd like to get more pressure on the quarterback consistently. They did give up some pass yards, more than you would have liked in this game. All right, you look at what Louisiana Tech was able to do in the past game. They threw for just under 300 yards, 292 yards. So I thought the defense played pretty well. We actually have the number one rush defense in the country. Hard to complain about that. Okay. And I'd seen a couple places where James Madison was ahead of us, but then I would look at other spots and James Madison was nowhere to be found. So that was a little confusing to me. My producer, Rico, who's incredibly smart, all right, said, hey, no, Adam, we got the number one rush defense in the country. So the black shirts are doing a lot of good things. Just got to get to the quarterback without having to blitz all the time. And we've got to shore up some things on the back end of that pass defense. Okay. So I gave the black shirts, I gave the defense a straight up B. Okay. The, the touchdown right after the weather delay. Looked a little too easy, although it does disrupt the flow of the game. All right, special teams, I gave a B as well. You look at, I mean, we kind of got lucky with that 93-yard kickoff return they had for a touchdown. The penalty was called back. Obviously, we had two long touchdown runs of our own that were called back. I believe one was Heinrich Carberg's, and I believe the other was Anthony Grant's. So it goes both ways. I understand that. But you could just see there hadn't been much leakage, if at all, this year on special teams. You could just see a little bit. Okay, when you look at our punt return game, it's still it's still not quite what you'd hope for. It's still not great. In the punt return game, I'm looking up the stats now. All right, punt return, we had one punt return for eight yards. I think they've got Billy Kemp back there because he's obviously a good football player. I don't know that he's an over-the-top speed demon or anything like that. But we haven't had much in our punt return game this year. I think he's a guy they trust to catch the ball and make good decisions. With it when his heels are at the 10 yard line, do I catch it? Do I let it go? Because then you, you don't want to get pinned inside your own five yard line. So we got to get more out of our punt return game. And then the young freshman, Tristan Alvano, he's a young guy, ridiculously talented. He's going to be an all time great by the time he's done. But I believe he's one on the one for three on the season so far, missed one on Saturday as well. So I gave the special teams a B. Overall, I, I gave a C, a C plus. Uh, yeah, I gave a C plus is what I decided to go with. We get stronger as the game goes along. We're clearly more physical. I felt like there was a little bit more leakage in the pass game in the defense. I was hoping the holes would be a little bit bigger on the offensive side as far as the run game earlier on in the game. And just a couple things here with the special teams. You know, obviously, we are who we are. We're not fancy. We're not flashy. We're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to run the ball. Rush for over 300 yards in this game. Heinrich Harburg. Took care of the ball. A couple of fumbles in this game by the Huskers. We got them all back. But uh, I thought it was a good game, but I, I think it was. There were things I was hoping to see that would be better than what I saw. I don't think that they were just awful. 
but I was hoping it would be better than what I saw. And there's things we need to get cleaned up and there's things we're clearly getting better at too. Okay. So when you look at a couple of the notes that I made from the game and when we come back from the break and we go to break here in about eight or nine minutes, any thoughts from Matt rules pressure that's going on right now, I will share any reactions or thoughts to those. Also, we're going to look at me again, just a little bit. All right. So you look at Anthony Grant. He had some pretty good numbers. This is a guy that we know he's talented. We know what he can do. Okay, towards the tail end of last year, he fell off just a smidgen, but I think that that was kind of a whole team-related type deal, more so than just him. Then you heard about the fumbling issues in camp. Then you have the fumble in game one. But here's what we know. He didn't fumble once Saturday. Okay, knock on wood. All right. Okay, and as long as he takes care of the ball, he's as dynamic a back as there is in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten as a whole. Okay. So when you look at Grant's numbers, 22 carries, 135 yards, average 6.1 yards per carry, had a long run of 34 yards and one TD. And there was a couple of clutch third and short runs, fourth and short runs that the offensive line blocked well, and he ran hard and he got it. All right. So Harbert took care of the ball, rushes for over uh, 100 yards. You look at his stats specifically, 8 of 17 passing, 107 yards through the air, 6.3 yards uh, per pass, one touchdown. Okay. Rushing is where, where he really did his damage. You'd like to see a higher completion percentage. Okay. Cause that's under 50% for the game. He's at 51% for the year. You'd like to see a higher completion percentage than that. But when it comes to running the ball rushed at 19 times, 157 yards, 8.3 yards per rush, had the long touchdown rush of 72, had another long touchdown rush called back, you know, and I know they called holding and I know the announcers, they were busy talking about Lyman's bellies during the game, which was really weird. My wife even walked to the room, into the room at one point. She goes, is that not really weird? They're talking about bellies. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of awkward. So I maybe mentioned it on social media, like, what are we doing here, guys? But uh, so when the wide receivers are blocking, it's tough. It's tough to get wide receivers to buy into doing that, first of all. Okay. Because they want to run routes. They want to catch. We've got ride receivers. If you watch them, they're committed to blocking. They're putting in the effort to blocking. And they're knocking people backwards. The two holding calls, okay, I believe they were both on wide receivers. On Anthony Grant's long touchdown run, Heinrich Harburg's long touchdown run, they were both called back. Here's what I saw. And if I were to coach them, here's what I would tell them. They had their hands inside, and they were knocking the defenders back. What happens when a defender gets knocked back, he leans back. And then if you've got a hold of that breastplate, Okay, inside hand placement, thumbs up. You want your thumbs up, not elbows out, elbows in, thumbs up. As they're getting knocked back and they're falling back and you've got to hold that breastplate, there's going to be a pull on the jersey. It's just naturally going to happen whether you're holding or not. So it's going to look like holding. At the, what I saw was the Louisiana Tech's defenders in both of these examples, uh, their momentum was going backwards because they were getting knocked backwards. And they were trying to come off and make the play, a little bit of both, okay? And so there was pullage of the jersey. What I saw was our wide receivers' feet, when they were blocking at that point in time, were not still moving as fast as they should have. When you're knocking a guy backwards, and he's starting to fall backwards, and that jersey starts to show that it's getting pulled, or he's trying to come off your block to make the tackle, and that jersey gets pulled, run your feet. The instant you run your feet, you're going to bury him, and that jersey is no longer getting pulled. When he's pulling away, whether because he's getting knocked backwards or he's trying to come off and make a tackle and your feet aren't moving fast enough or equivalent to the speed that he's pulling away, there's going to be jersey pullage. It's going to look like a, a hold. But if you accelerate your feet even more at that point than you already have, not only will there not be a holding call, 
you're going to destroy him into the ground. So that's what I saw in those two holding calls right there. Okay, let's see. Fedoni. Now, he only had one catch this game. I would like to see more because teams are going to start selling out with run blitzes. I mean, I've already said what I would do as a D coordinator. I mean, the, the Huskers are who they are. I love the identity. I love the physicality. I love the fact that we get stronger as the game goes along. We don't really have a deep threat, okay? And we don't really stretch the field vertically. So I wouldn't put eight in the box. I'd put nine in the box. I'd go zero coverage. Maybe maybe put one guy deep in the middle, you know, cover, uh, cover one, man across, one safety deep in the middle. But I'd be bringing guys. So what's going to happen if you're the Huskers? You've got to at least just throw the ball deep every once in a while. Throw it to the outside. Don't throw it to the middle. You throw it to the middle. It's much more likely to get picked off if it's not completed. Throw it outside, over the outside shoulder, towards the sideline. So either your guy catches it, okay, or it goes out of bounds. Or you get a PI call. Just don't put it inside the inside shoulder or anywhere towards the middle of the field because we're not great at this. You're simply just trying to take a shot and keep the defense honest, okay? That's one way to try to negate some of those blitzes. Show them that you'll at least make an attempt to go deep, okay? The other is screens. The other is screens. Screens uh, are the things that keep defensive coordinators up at night. When you're facing a team, uh, so the, the best screen team we ever played, I ever played in my life, there was two, Texas Tech with Mike Leach, okay? Because obviously everybody's trying to bring, bring the blitz. He had his linemen, their splits were huge. There was legit two to three yards in between their linemen's splits, which you would have thought would have been awesome, for a D lineman, it turned about out to be nauseatingly frustrating. And I'll say that for another day because that's a diatribe for another day. But then everyone knew that they weren't going to run, but maybe eight, nine times a game. So people try to do all these blitzes, but he had the best screen game you'd ever seen in college football. In the NFL, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. It was the Eagles. Uh, they were great at the screen game. Every time we played them, it was challenging. Plus, when I played them, they had Michael Vick. So that was a whole nother a whole nother animal you were dealing with right there because that dude could do something with his legs, his arms. You never knew what was going to happen. So my point is this. Incorporate more screens to keep the opposing defenses a little bit off balance and keep them honest. Um, I'm the guy that's going to always ask for more option. And based on what I've seen so far this year when I spoke with Tommy Frazier, he's like, that's just what Husker fans want. It may not be best. And I agreed with him at the time, but on the back of my mind, I'm like, I still think it's best. But let's see. It's obviously one of our best plays. We can run it out of the spread. We can put a guy in motion, use him as a pitch man. I know Frost used to do that. Then you can have pass plays off of that. We got in the eye the formation, ran the option on Saturday. I think it was one of our best plays every time we ran it. There's so many different ways to run the option, okay? And then you can do fake options, which we used to do all the time here at Nebraska. A la, think back to Johnny Mitchell, okay? The fake option, tight end seam down the middle. Think back. Matt Harrion, okay, him and Jamal Lord. We didn't do a whole lot of passing when Jamal was the quarterback. He was a great runner, but the one major threat we had was the fake option. Jamal pulls up, hits Harrion down the seam, okay? If we could do more things like that because we've got guys like Fedoni who can do those things, I think this option can, or this offense can start to expand, remain with the great identity, remain with the consistency, but put a little bit more uh, of a deep threat and a way to keep the defenses honest going forward. Don't go anywhere. Or I'll react to Matt Rule's presser. Look ahead to me, Sheikin. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.